that you can give me more of, Josh. Things that I am all about on this Thursday morning with the Plank Show, live from Cavens Group, cavensgroup.com, 405-573-3048. And Norman, 918-282-7612. We've seen a lot of rain. Maybe you realize you've got a couple issues on your roof. Call Chris today. Let him know you care about your home. He'll give you a free roof inspection, let you know what you need. You might have mold issues because you haven't noticed that you have a water leak. Gary is here to help and his crew. And you might need a little help. You might need a maintenance group to help you out. Well, let me tell you something. Jessica's got your back. Just pick up the phone and call 405-573-3048-918-282-7612 or cavensgroup.com. Josh, things you can give me more of. Number one, OU softball fans hate towards ESPN. Now, I want to make this very clear before we go any further. That's really not ESPN's fault. They opened it up for a fan vote, as I understand it. And I, it was interesting because I, the first text I got last night was from Shep. And I wasn't on Twitter.com whenever everything went down last night. But I've got a few mentions this morning that are fascinating. Fired up. Fired I see you, Kelly. Fired up this morning. But in fairness, Josh, it, if, if we let the facts get in the way, the voting is a fan vote. And it's kind of hard to overcome the National Football League in just about anything, right? It is. Okay. So are you in the, the same camp as many out there that is of the belief that we need a best college team, Maybe. best pro team? Maybe. But you know what? For now, Josh, don't care. Just give me more of the hate towards ESPN. I'm here for it. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> but any here is the thing. You have too many teams there to begin with, right? Narrow it down to, like, three. Let's go. Here are the three finalists for best team in in sports. And then maybe you have a college and a pro sports. I, I will say, just as an aside, kudos to ESPN for creating the ESPYs and really, honestly, what the ESPYs have become. Because they really have, they really have become an event. Right? I mean, for something that we laugh at and we talk about, we don't watch, and how dumb it is, we saw how important it became when it involved one of our teams, or one of our players, or anything, or one of our plays. Right? I mean, any of those we care and it matters. So, in some ways, Josh, kudos to the ESPYS, but still, to me, y'all, it's one of the cringiest nights in sports. It is a hard hard watch now we had two amazing moments i felt last night well one right the damar hamlin trying to present the award to the people that saved his life which was that's real life stuff man that was really cool the lebron announcement that he was coming back i yeah okay surprise yeah that depends on i guess how you feel about lebron i'm a lakers fan so i never doubted that he was coming back but I mean, it didn't take long for ESPN to have the breaking news scroll going on the summer league game I was watching, which it was kind of funny because they had Darvin Ham on. The the Lakers were playing the summer league game that was on ESPN against uh, the Celtics. And they literally had Darvin Ham on whenever it was announced. And he's like, best recruiting job I've done this offseason. It's like, stop. But back to the point. So in that, kudos to ESPN and presenting the ESPYs. Still very cringy to me. But, again, not ESPN's fault. They make it fan voting. But, Josh, maybe we need to pare it down a little bit. And and Oklahoma was robbed. 
I mean, Kansas City's going to win every 10 out of 10 whenever you average. What's, what's capacity at Arrowhead? 80 grand, right? When you average that every home game, whenever it's the most watched event on TV, whenever you have the most popular superstar, I think in all the sports right now, Patrick Mahomes, uh, I just, you're, you're not going to win that fight. You're not that, we're not that guy, unfortunately. Well, yeah, it's, it's a tough battle to win. Sure. But Oklahoma being what Oklahoma softball was this season has a great argument to be having been, been the best team yep. this, this past year. And why is, why was Oklahoma softball not up for best, you know, the, the record breaking performance that LeBron James won? Why, why were they not up for that? I don't know. <laughs> that was a big sleep at the wheel yesterday. I thought some of those records that were broken, I was like, okay, well, about the longest active winning streak, you know, storied history of a sport that you guys put on a pedestal no no okay so give me all of the espn hate today here's the second thing you can give me all of josh and and this is going to be a fun three hours today because we get to talk OU football essentially for three hours but this is a two-parter number one give me all of the big 12 slash brett yormark slash Mike Gundy slander. Give it to you. I'll take it all. You guys, congratulations. You have done an incredible job of controlling this narrative. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, Josh Helmer. I don't know if I've seen anything like it in my time. And I'm honestly shocked. There are, there has been, at least within its own circle, this incredible sales job that you're so much better off that it's led to just nonstop gas talking. And I got to be honest with you, I didn't expect it. And maybe I'm getting uh, caught up in the aggregation. Like I told TJ, I talked to a few people that were down there last night and they're like, Oh no, no, no. It, it seems as if, you know, every time there's a conversation that comes up, with those that have been asked about it, there's some sort of underhanded shot. I mean, honestly, I didn't think the Yormark, we, um, I didn't think the Yormark recruiting thing was the worst thing I heard yesterday. I thought the worst thing I heard, Josh, was what I sent you from a guy that I had never even heard of before in my life. That I guess is what the deputy commissioner of the Big Twelve. Yeah, what was that all about? I, I, we'll get to it coming up in a bit, but I, I guess you know, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It's that's fine. Do Oklahoma and Texas have a lot to prove on the field. In a lot of ways, it's it's kind of made me want to see Texas live up to the hype because I want to see an Oklahoma-Texas Big 12 championship game. I want to see, you know, Brett Yormark try to reenact the Montreal screw job, but who's he really going to hose? Who's he really going to try to benefit? There's no Shawn Michaels in that battle. Both of them are Bret Hart's, and both of them are going to WCW. Two people got that analogy, and for the two people that got that analogy, it's going to make my day that you laughed. But back to the point. I mean, I just, it's really, you know, some people say things that I'll do is, is very petty, like fighting with people on the text line, fighting with people on Twitter. But there's certain days where I'm like, I got time for it. And I think everyone reaches that point in anything in life. It's your job whenever... Carol sends the email that asks the question that everybody knows the answer to. Every so often, you've got the time of the day to fire off the reply all that says, they just said it in the meeting. 
or whatever, right? We all have those days where we have time for it. For some reason, Josh, I feel like I've got time for all of this, I don't know, trash talking that seems to be taking place right now whenever you find yourself the bad guy. And that's not really a place within the Big 12 and its constituents that Oklahoma had been. Texas had always been the bad guy, right? Uh, some people, some might argue with me, right? Sean might argue with me. Steve, my, our buddy Steve Bullard, Kurt, all those guys on Twitter.com that you fought that fight. Oh, no. we've not, I, I always feel like Texas had been the true bad guy. And now for the last three years, the most influential athletic director, right? The most affable and, I think, personality-filled president. These two Oklahoma guys and, you know, the incredible support staff that's here, to, from Kinney to, to Leah to Toby and all these incredible people within that athletic department, they're amazing people. But it's almost like they're, they're flung into, like the, now the wrestling analogy, the Hollywood Hogan role, and it's just, it's, it's weird. It's weird, right? But in the same vein, it's almost like you just sit back and you're like, all right, bring it on. That's fine. Whatever you need to do to make yourself feel better, go ahead and do it. We're happy for you. It's kind of like, gosh, I'm all about analogies today. Well, let me give you one more. It's like the ex that you're okay with the breakup, but is trying to make sure that everybody knows that you're the one that screwed up. Or you're the one, not in this instance, that screwed up, but you're the one that moved on. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I did that. But I also offered this peace offering, but it's not being taken. So you do you, boo. So I'm here for it, Josh. I don't know why. It's just, it seems, Mike Gundy literally said the same exact same thing this year. And we told you this yesterday. He said the exact same thing this year that he did last year, Josh. I mean the exact same thing, almost word for word, on the future of Bedlam. And we treated it like it was some sort of breaking news. Y'all, our short-term memories are not that faded. I mean, he said the exact same thing that he did last year. I'm not shocked. I'm not mad. I, that's fine. Oklahoma decided to leave the Big 12 for the SEC. It's going to put in peril some rivalries. But guess what? When that got put in peril, Oklahoma said, we want to do whatever it is to at least make it right for this matchup to happen at some point down the road and whenever you have another side that's just like no 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 and just putting their fingers in their ears i mean what do you do like yeah you're fine we'll move on and do our thing so i'm here for it josh but i'm not gonna lie as much as i shouldn't be surprised i was a little bit surprised as to how it became the overarching story yesterday big 12 media day well we we said yesterday will Brett Yormark be as bombastic? Will he be – we're coming in, we're shaking up the foundations. Will he be as much of that as he was the year prior? And really, coming out of it, the story is really more about how he wanted to get into the weeds a little bit with Oklahoma and Texas, right? I mean, I think right. that's sort of the big storyline from this year is you've got a commissioner that wasn't really pulling any punches. And – still talks about the plan for expansion, but yet it still continues to drag out. So I don't know, dude. I don't know. All right, so there is a third thing that I'm here for today 
And I want you to think about this during the break. We're at Caven's group on a Thursday. And I'm asking for all y'all's help on this, too, on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Last night, you guys know Wednesday nights is my night when I actually get to hang out with friends. I have people that I like being around. I don't know if they like being around me, Josh, but I like being around them. Mayor Joel was there last night, Chris Wilkerson. I mean, it was all the rock stars. And I finally got to see my guy, Trevor Anderson. And he asked me a question that I think sometimes – I think with what's going on today, with Brent Venables and the OU uh, collab, the OU group that's going down to meet with the media – who am I? Drake, Jonah Lula, and Dylan Gabriel. Is that right? Did I leave anyone out? I feel like I've left someone out. But with the four that are going down for Oklahoma today. Oh, Danny Stutzman. Sorry. Dylan, Drake, Jonah, and Danny. Trevor asked me a question, and it, and it got me really thinking about how maybe every so often we just need to reset on the show. Because there's people out there that have real-world jobs, <laughs> that have real-life jobs where they travel a lot, and they just don't get to take that time to truly listen on either a day-to-day or a weekly basis. Or maybe you, when you travel, you know, you're constantly grinding, and, and you just kind of emerge from it. And you're like, ah, that's two weeks. What just happened? So Trevor asked me a question that I want you to think about during the break, and we'll answer when we get back. And I want everyone's thoughts on this. How are we feeling right now? Where are we? What's the vibe with OU football? Just a, a very general, easy, and I kind of stopped for a moment. I thought, you know, we if everyone that lives on message boards, that lives on our app, which you should download today, search KREF, however you consume apps. If you do it on Stitcher, by the way, Stitcher's going away. Did you know that? If you listen, like Stitcher's going away. So make sure you download our app, uh, the KREF app, and that's how you can hear us nonstop, regardless of what happens on signals or other apps. We'll always be there on the KREF app. So if you listen there every day, you feel tuned in. If you, if you find yourself, I mean, like message boards, every day, Twitter, whatever. I keep forgetting that there's a large portion of the Ref Army that doesn't have that opportunity every single day. So that question is a very easily answered question to some. But I paused for a moment and thought, what a wild roller coaster this offseason has been. I mean, truly. And not with any issues off the field, but just from expectations, right? Transfer portal news, uh, in and out, recruiting and the way that it's been handled, vibes from spring ball, um, final year in the Big 12, Thad and, and his exit from the program. You know, it's just the addition of some new guys like, oh, Seth Luttrell. It's just been – it's been – so – as we prepare to hear from Brent Venables, not necessarily Josh's State of the Union, but if someone were to say, you know, where are we right now? How are you feeling about OU football? Kind of what's your we, – we talked to expectations a couple weeks ago, right? And the challenge of trying to go in with an open mind whenever you're a blue blood that's got seven national championships and Heisman Trophy Park that's filled up and a Hall of Fame dotted with crimson and cream. You know, it's, it's hard to say I don't have championship – aspirations because everyone does but the challenge of going into a season with an open mind and no expectations is kind of tough so it makes sense just where are we how you feeling about things 
and what's kind of been the vibe. Fair little three-parter to dive into next? Absolutely. No doubt. In a perfect day for it, I think. That's right. Brent Venables will. I think they're making their way through the um, – well, actually, this has listed as the coaches' press conferences getting underway at 9.15 a.m. So we'll weave in and out of that coverage. I think we'll get a chance to hear from Gus Malzahn. Um, maybe. Oh, I'm looking at the ESPN one. Uh, yeah, we'll hear from Gus Malzahn coming up later. Chris Kleiman is speaking as we speak. So we'll take you out uh, to Arlington to, to drop in on a few of the coaches throughout the day. But help me out. 405-651-3439. We want to jump in on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. 405-329-9000. It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Something called U.S. Betting did a study. My level's too low. Are we okay? Are we good? Sorry. Sounds good to me. All right, beautiful. I used to love this song. I still do. It's one of those where I'm like, I don't want to talk. I just want to listen to it. But unfortunately, well, fortunately, we're not a music station for now. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. U.S. betting put together a, I guess you could say, study of the most expensive teams to support in professional sports. In other words, the concern is over growing fan costs. So they went around Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, blah, 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 to create a ranking. They acquired some group called Fan Coast Index, which I'd never heard of before in my life which basically comprises the price of four average price tickets, two small draft beers, four small soft drinks, four regular-sized hot dogs, parking, two game programs, and two least expensive adult-size adjustable hats, which, by the way, my fat hat would not be able to wear. So in other words... It's basically, all right, what's the most expensive place to take a family of four? You want to guess what's the most expensive team in all of sports to be a fan of right now? In all of sports. American sports or just worldwide? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and hockey. I mean, it's got to be... I'm going to say the Los Angeles Lakers. Ooh, that's a – you know what's funny? You have the right sport. Coming in at number one of the most expensive team to support in all of sports, the Golden State Warriors, where that package would cost you $740.08, which is – a 184% increase over the last decade. The second most expensive team to support is the Las Vegas Raiders. $738.36, which is a 93% increase over the last decade. But if you're asking about OKC, they're not in the top ten of this list. So, And what do each of those two have in common, Plank? Uh, new stadiums? That's right. That's right. New, new, new. Look at me. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that later on in the program. In the meantime, as we're hanging out at Caven's Group on a Thursday, 
405-573-3048. I asked a very simple question. And Josh, on the on the day, on the day that Brent Venables will meet with the media on, on the day when Oklahoma is going to meet with the media, Big Twelve Media Day, I asked the question, how are we feeling about OU football right now? Where are we? Where's the mindset? I'm not necessarily even talking expectations, but just over the last let's see, the season ended in late December, so you know, six months, seven, almost seven full months since the end of the season. How are we feeling about where things are? What would you say if someone just came up to you and was like, Josh, how are we feeling about things over there? What would you say? I would say people are, are fairly positive, really. You know, in terms of the – Well, no, no, you, Josh Helmer, from everything that you've seen and you've taken in. Oh, I, yeah, I'm optimistic. Okay. I'm optimistic. I, I, like, I like what's going on on the recruiting trail. Oklahoma's clearly – they're tracking all of the momentum. It sounds like uh, sounds like we're going to get a Jaden Jackson flip, if you will, today because some thought he was going to Miami. Others thought he was going to Texas. Sounds like it's going to be Oklahoma. The way Oklahoma's tracking on the recruiting trail, what they just did in the previous signing class, the way they closed the initial class, what they've done in the transfer portal, the just general belief that I have in Brent Venables and this staff to – Coach defense better than 122nd. I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to happen again. Offensively, sure, they, they can improve there in some key situations. But just generally speaking, all of it together, I, I'm optimistic. I, You know what? And I've said this. Uh, I've said it here. I've said it elsewhere. I just don't know. And, I, I'm, you know, this is dangerous to challenge. But I don't know how much worse it can get than last season, honestly. Me too. Now – Let's just say, from what you've seen from spring to now, it does seem like there's been more off the field. Well, there's going to be because there's nothing going on on the field. But it just seems as if it's been kind of quiet with the players, which is good. You know, you don't want to have Georgia situations. You don't want guys getting arrested. You don't want guys being deemed ineligible, right, Josh? I mean, you want a smooth offseason. I think for the most part, that's been the case for Oklahoma. I think the news of Thad leaving had the fans feeling some sort of way just because of, of his reputation and what he had been a part of. And I, I personally, I really like Thad. Uh, he posted on Facebook the other day. We didn't have a lot of interaction, but just in the times that we would cross paths, I felt like, all right, it's, I like that dude. Um, but he put he put a post on Facebook that he's starting his own business, and him him and his wife are going to be grandkid uh, grandparents. So that's a really exciting thing in their life. And you know, it's not just game day; it's a twenty four seven three sixty five when you're around a program. So I thought that gave a little good perspective on that. You know, it wasn't a, hey, bleep you, Brent, bleep OU, or anything that I think some people were thinking was going to happen. I don't know. But point more than anything else, Josh, is for the most part, it's been kind of quiet, right? I mean, it's been kind of quiet. And even in the recruiting side until the last few weeks, it's been kind of quiet. So the social media side of it makes it exciting for recruiting. It makes it, you know, I, I saw today, uh, who's, who's Mr. Pilkington? I like him a lot. O- Okiuna, 
Okiuno? I, I told him I would say it right from here on out, and I screwed it out. But he's laying out all these commitment dates for guys that are coming up, right, from a recruiting side. Jane Jackson, July 13th. Uh, Zion Reagans, July 18th. And by the way, July 13th, that would be what? Tomorrow, uh, That's today. today. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it'll be today. For that def- the four-star defensive lineman, Four Zion Reagans. Four o'clock, I believe. Okay, 4 p. I'll add that to the list. 4 p.m., Mr. Pilkington, Taylor Tatum, July 21st, Michael Patterson McDonald, July 31st, Caden Durham, August 25th, Braden Platt, September 4th. All all guys that Oklahoma seems to be very in on, and then you throw David Stone in that mix. Uh, what, what's my boy's name, Wimbenyama, that I can never say his name right? The Williams line. Wimbenyama, uh, <laughs> Winery, and we Winary. think September 1st, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I, I just – as you start looking, that's exciting. But I just think for Team 129, and I say this a lot, it's not even going to be what happens in Week 1, Week 2, or Week 3 unless it's bad. Unless there's a tight game in there and you know, just things are very concerning. If that happens, then we'll have enough much different conversation week in and week out on this show and on the station. But, Josh, three weeks in – and if Oklahoma takes care of their business like we're and they're supposed to, we're still going to be having these same – what do we really know? Last year there were 3-0. and So it's kind of a challenge because while we have the countdown that's, I don't know, 50 days, whatever it is, 51, you really kind of say, gosh, i got to add like three weeks to that. So it's really 72. It's really 72 days away from when we'll really be able to feel like we can say anything about where Oklahoma – currently is headed forward as a program right because you expect you expect to see Oklahoma roll in those first three weeks the only way that it's a concern is if it hap- if something happens beforehand right bad so I I'm like you optimistic you know if, if someone says what's going on in the d-line I have a lot of confidence in Bothroyd. Now, I was talking, we had Cole Kublik on. Cole's not as sold on Bothroyd as, say, some other people are. That's fine. But you also, I still believe in the power of, uh, you spent four years, maybe it was at Wake Forest, you spent four years over here, wherever else you're coming in from, Ferris State, for goodness sakes. You know, you're now getting a different level of coaching defensively than you've had before. So I think those things that maybe you might see, sloppy technique, footwork, whatever it is, it's a completely different level of accountability in, in training and coaching that you're getting right now on that side. So that's why I'm always kind of when people say, oh, my gosh, is this a, is, is, is this a guy that's really ready? Well, Red Venable saw enough in him. To where that was one of the first calls that he made when the dude was in the portal. So I, I tend to still – that holds a lot of weight with me. So when people ask about the D-line, yeah, there's a lot put on Bothroyd. Yeah, there's a lot put on guys coming back like Jordan Kelly and Isaiah Coe on the inside. And sure, you expect one of these freshmen to step up. R. Mason Thomas to continue to uh, grow and develop. I mean, Jonah Laula, again, I said it a thousand times yesterday, but Josh now, him moving inside and being a guy that's being represented. Yes, that being a representative at Big 12 Media Days. Yes, yes, yes. That all has to be better. Yes, yes, yes. There's got to be five-star talent that comes in and five-star development that takes place. But for 2023, I feel I feel pretty good about where they are. And the schedule helps them out, too, quite a bit. I mean, let's face it. it 
it's not Georgia coming in here in what week two or three that they were scheduled to. So it's a much doable, workable schedule that I think Oklahoma's had in a minute. No trip to Waco, no trip to Manhattan, and we think Kansas State's going to be really good. TCU comes here. Sure, you go to BYU, but let's see how BYU handles the rigors week in and week out of Power 5 play or Big 12 play, if you will. Heck, it might be good for them. I don't know. But it's just, to me, I find myself in a really good place and a hard time, like, and not really as hard of a time as I thought selling it after a 6-7 and seven season. Is that fair? Yeah, it's it's fair. And because of what they've done out of the transfer portal, I mean, we're talking about Rondell Bothroyd based on his production that he's going to step right in and be this big contributor. But it's not out of the realm of possibility just based on numbers for Oklahoma that maybe maybe the coaching staff comes away and says, you know what, we're going to start R. Mason Thomas instead. Or Marcus Stripling has really shown us something. Or Trace Ford has looked really good. Ethan Downs takes another step forward. They've just got so many options across the board from a depth perspective. So they've definitely upgraded themselves in that regard. And the schedule being what it is, is, is gettable across the board. Outside of Texas, I mean, if Texas is what everybody thinks Texas is going to be, sure. okay, well, that's a big challenge in the Cotton Bowl. But on paper, that's, that's the biggest challenge. That's kind of the only mighty, mighty challenge for Oklahoma on this schedule. So it's easy to talk yourself into last year could have been a bit of a blip on the radar. Uh, we are at Cavens Group on a Thursday. Good stuff on the text line on this. Coming up. Uh, in just a bit, we'll dip down into Arlington, hear what Gus Malzahn has to say at Big 12 Media Days. That's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is the home of Sooner fans. We'll, uh, we'll dip down to Arlington here in a bit and hear from Gus Malzahn as UCF makes its first appearance at Big 12 Media Day. Brent Venables will be speaking a little bit later on in the show. We'll see if we can catch all of BV. Uh, he's on with SiriusXM. Uh, you know that's the train I got to get on down there, Josh. I got to get, I got to get invited by XM. That is, that's the setup. Everyone gets brought right to you. Kudos. It's a it's a radio producer's nightmare and dream. You got scratch and claw and fight. Get everyone you can. It's like, hey, I'd love to get Joey McGuire. Well, we've got our tackle that's here. You want to talk to him? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Bring we'll talk. them over. Bring them on. Who do you remember? Whenever Oklahoma, I hate to bring up a bad memory, but in 2011, when Oklahoma lost to Texas Tech, that was the um, rain delay game. Yes, lightning it was, delay. It was terrible. It was uh, it was awful. But I kind of feel like it was it was um, it was my fault because Seth Dagey was at Big 12 Media Days that year. And he sat down and talked to us. And we had to wait through a commercial break, Josh. And then whenever we came back from the commercial break, Bob Stoops said, I can come on. I'm like, Seth Deggy joins us. Seth, how was your offseason? It's great, man. You feel good about things? Yeah, I feel like we're really, really playing well. I'm like, thanks for coming on the show, Seth. Appreciate your time. I mean, I wasn't going to lose Bob Stoops. So I've I've taken a lot of responsibility for that, Josh. I apologize today. Yeah, you I guess put the bad juju out into uh, yeah. the universe. My bad, my bad. It's a plank show. Hour one is always, by the way, brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. Did you hear 
about our buddy Mark Van Hoos this week and Josh Elmer. Not only is he an expert when it comes to all things fencing that you might need, and I don't mean, you know, like breaking out the swords and fencing. I mean when it comes to making sure that your fence is, I guess now we start thinking about fall ready, Oof. surviving the heat, maybe in this process you've realized that you need a new fence. But beyond all that greatness for our man Mark Van Hoos, Josh, he shot a 59 over the weekend. How about that? Wow. 59. And this is like one of those, well, what, uh, was it just on the front, uh, was it just on the um, front nine? No, no, no. 18 hole, 59, Mark Van Hoos, stud. Call him today at 405-735-1167 or online at vhfence.com. I shot a 59 once through like eight holes, and the dude is doing it through 18. VHFence.com, that's your guy. But we asked a question, so let's follow up on it. Let's do something that is rare for this program. As Brent Venables gets set to meet with the media today, where are you right now? How are you feeling about where Oklahoma football is? Don't necessarily have to get into where your expectations are, but I come to you. It's like, man, it's been a couple weeks since I've been, about a month since I've been able to catch up. I know you Sooner Dougie. I know you True Sooner. I know you, I don't know, I I don't think that I've heard, oh, Sugar Shane, Chuck, I know you guys. How are you feeling about things? What's going on here? And I love some of these responses we're getting. Sooner Dougie writes, I think on paper we're better than we were a year ago at a lot of positions. This last week I rewatched several games from last year. The offense had key drops at crucial moments, and the defense lacked talent. So on paper, it seems better, but we will see. Drops and untimely penalties really killed the offense last year, right? The um, <laughs> I still think a lot about – I don't know who had the, the video of it, but when they were lined up and the PA guy goes, boomer. And you see the offensive lineman move on that first down as soon as they got set. I think it was so K State. Right? Was it K State? <laughs> oh my gosh! Boomer, uh, false. Boom. And all of a sudden you see the lineman jump. But it's it to me. Yeah, I, I, Dougie, I think you're right. But that sucks. Whenever you think back and you realize it's a handful of plays, and we're having a much different conversation this year, this off season. And I truly mean that. Now I know there's some of you, Sean. That push back and say, all right, come on. That Baylor game wasn't really a one-score game. That Kansas State game wasn't really a one-score game. Um, but you get a stop here. You don't make a pre-snap penalty there. You know, oh, you had a couple big plays that were drops, as Sooner Dougie mentioned, and holds, too, seem to be a problem. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Sugar Shane in Newcastle brings this up. You know what? The refs are going to be a huge problem this year. Is that English? The refs are going to be a huge problem this year. Call it a conspiracy if you want. Oh man, you think they call? Con- you think they think conspiracy theorists are crazy? Imagine whenever we get a few calls against us, Josh. How that's going to look and how that's going to go. Well, Ooh, last year really wasn't all that great with uh, no. the holding penalties discrepancy. No, and then uh, there's there's several others here. Um, let's see, Mike Gundy. Zach from the 405, 
there's no way we're not a lot better going forward. I'm actually feeling really good. Now, some would say, Zach, is that just your optimism because you're a Sooner fan, or are you able to base that in some fact and reality? I feel like that through what we've talked about, Josh, over the last 30 minutes in this show, I feel like we've given some factual places where it's okay to feel optimistic beyond just, hey, we're Oklahoma and we win. Another year for deal. I mean, maybe we, maybe we need to go through that list. Maybe we need to, you know, in every decision I've made in life, there's two categories. There's the positives and there's the negatives. All right. Do the positives outweigh the, weigh the negatives? But are the negatives more just in my head because I'm completely and totally insane and a crazy person, right? So maybe that's from the Zach in the 405. Maybe that's what we need to go through and just say, okay, where are those positives that say it's more than just I'm a fan, I'm a homer? And where are those negatives to where you look at it and say, yeah, that could still be problematic for this team. And then Sean writes, the OU vibe is cautiously optimistic. Recruiting going well. There is a vision that is nothing else genuine. And the schedule for 23 is extremely favorable. Yeah, before we break, though, Josh, I think that's the, that's the other thing. You know, the vision isn't just some sort of made-up hashtag, right? It's, it's legit how they're living and how they're building this program with no expectations. So at the very least, you know, you know in what they're trying to do that it's genuine and it comes from a place of, hey, we're not necessarily trying to reinvent the wheel. This is what worked. We just need to make sure we get the talent and the buy-in and this vision to bring it all together. Agreed. Agreed. And, and you know, one thing I think that they need to do this season, Plank, uh, I, I'm trying to think which text it was that we got sent into us about rewatching last season. Yeah. It's Sooner like Dougie. you're close to this, you're close to that. Defense can't improve. Mm. Oklahoma – Plank, they need to figure out how to win again. Win. Close games. And, yep. and I know that that sounds obvious, but it, it was both sides of the football. Key drops at inopportune times, right? Uh, three and out at the wrong time. Turnover at the wrong time in the Florida State game. I mean, it's just all of it. And defensively, I mean, look, I, everybody knows that they weren't very good last year in that regard. Quick break. We're at Cabin's Group on a Thursday. More of your text, and then we'll kick off. Uh, well, as a matter of fact, when we come back, let's dip in a little bit on what Gus Malzahn's talking about a Big 12 Media Day next. Uh, real quick, October 21st, Oklahoma plays UCF. Big 12 Media Days right now. Brent, uh, Brent Venables. Gus Malzahn is meeting with the media. Let's dip in on that. Yeah, well, first of all, Dylan is a phenomenal player. Dylan Gabriel. That's what stands out. You know, the year I had him, I wish he hadn't got hurt. I think it would have turned out a little different. But, you know, every day in practice, he would do something and you'd go, wow. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. Uh, you know, we're playing against them, and, you know, we're going to have to play really, really well in defense, you know, anytime you're going against a great quarterback. All right, we'll go to uh, Get one more here. <clears throat> Coach Lynn Harrington with Stay Alive Power 5, how you doing today? Great. That's good. So for the first time in Big 12 history, the state of Florida, known as the Speed State, is going to be, you know, yeah. in the Big 12. How do you plan on taking advantage with that? Well, I mean, uh, we, we are fortunate to be in Florida. There's no doubt. Great place to recruit. Uh, you know, I would say our overall team speed is, is definitely good. I think 
that is a big part of, of coaching a program in Florida, and we got to use that to our advantage. But I will say this: I mean, you turn on the film of these these uh, players in this conference; they got real speed too. And like I said, I mean, you're talking about some of the best teams in college football. Um, that, you know, as far as week in and week out. Did he just say with Power Five staying alive? Was was that the name of the entity with which my man was representing? And Gus, what what will be uh, your diss track? What's the title? Coach, what's up? Uh, Johnny with Power Five staying alive. Florida Speed, man. How do you take advantage of that? Bro, this league is littered with fast dudes all over it. You You try to tell me you think the UCF faced and had faster dudes? Uh, in the AAC than they do in the Big 12. Bro, Power 5 staying alive. You got a little work to do. All right, we got a break. Uh, it's Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens today. Always love our crew at Cavens. 405-573-3048. Uh, we'll hear Joey McGuire a little bit next hour. I wouldn't mind hearing from Scott Satterfield too, Josh, because Oklahoma does. I mean, that's the first conference game of the season on September 23rd. I don't. I mean, the last time Oklahoma played Cincinnati was, what, in 2010, and that was on the road in the Cincinnati Bengals Stadium, right? That wasn't even yep. at Nippert Stadium. So we'll learn a little bit more about a couple of Sooner opponents next hour right here on The Ref.